Hi everyone, welcome to the AI of Mankind show, where I share anything interesting about mankind. I'm your host for this season. My name is Andrew Liu. I've worked across four continents and 12 international cities. Also, I've worked in tech startups across a range of roles from selling products, making customer happy, figuring out fundraising, making finance tick, building teams, and developing sticky products. Apart from building startups, I've also worked in Fortune 500 companies as a chief data scientist or technologist or people leader. You can call me jack of all trades or master of learning. I hope to make this podcast show a great learning experience for us. In each season, there is a series of interesting things where I invite guests to share their views about their life and interests. Now let the show begin. In our last episode, we were captivated by the incredible insights shared by Sharad Gupta as we explored the impact of digital transformation in the banking industry, the discussion on accelerated technology adoption, process digitization, and customer experience left us with a deeper understanding of the ever-evolving landscape of AI and its implications for the future of work. But the journey continues. As we transition into part 3 of our conversation with Shara, let's take a moment to recap the insightful discussion from part 2. In part 2, we discovered the key ingredients for a successful digital transformation journey. Shara emphasized the importance of passion, purpose, and clarity in driving meaningful change. We learned about the need to embrace risk-taking and avoid theoretical pitfalls. The future of work in relation to AI development was also discussed, highlighting the importance of focusing on high-value tasks and avoiding repetitive work. And of course, we were reassured that AI is not yet capable of replacing human creativity and ingenuity. Now, in part 3, get ready for a transformative exploration like never before. Sharad Gupta and Andrew Liu will unveil the secrets to unlocking passion, purpose and clarity, empowering you with actionable insights to drive meaningful transformation in your organization. Whether you're a leader, a professional, or an aspiring change agent, this conversation is sure to provide you with the tools and inspiration needed to navigate the dynamic world of AI and digital transformation. So, without further ado, let's dive into part 3 of this engaging podcast episode with Sharad Gupta. Get ready to unlock the transformative power of passion, purpose, and clarity as we embark on this enlightening journey together. But the also interesting question is that, relative to people with a passion and a purpose and urgency, and clarity, which one will you pick? Because the reason why I'm asking is because, you know, uh, if I am passionate and I, I own the thing, and I just think I may not have a very clear idea because I'm not the subject matter. I know like, for example, I need to solve this compliance problem. Yeah. I know I need help. I do not know what kind of help I need. So how do you help that? Yeah. Again, great question. Clarity comes with passion and purpose. If you have a purpose that I am passionate about solving a particular problem, you seek for clarity. But clarity cannot come from external advice. You want to see and make your hand dirty and pose a problem and learn through experiments. And because it's tough for any executive who has aligned responsibility and get to the job and be able to wear these kind of hats, right? And it can only happen when you are passionate about it. Because that would require some extra bit of work, extra bit of going extra mile. Or you cannot have an arm chain transformation. That's for sure. And unfortunately, a lot of times, especially banks, 
take that armchair transformation approach, which doesn't work. Yeah, talking about arms chance approach is always that, oh, because the boss say we need digital transformation, we need AI. Let's do bling bling projects, right? Mm-hmm. And so you see that people who are more into the, uh, how do I look good? How do I have the bling bling thing? And therefore, I don't really want to own this thing, but I have to be part of my agenda because I need to answer to the top. Let's get some ABC consultants and push everything to him, right? And so yeah. you don't see that moving, right? If, but as those a business leader, like, oh, I really think this thing we really need. And I may not know, I have all the answers. Let's let me talk to this guy, talk to that guy. And then I figure, okay, this is the thing that I want to get it done. And then I have that clarity. Now, another interesting question I want to get to that is that. And I'm thinking I've seen those people working almost like a business owner. We own that within the So That sort of mentality and and the thought process is required. And as you can own the initiatives, almost like they are the business owner. They get these things done. And so... The business owner, those that owns the business, they get things done faster, but also in a very those, big... Those who have those mentality, I'm not talking about this, they are formerly a business owner. Oh, so it's like that mindset of ownership, mindset. right? Yes. And what about typically banks, their culture is always risk. At, and so they are not very keen to experiment, to take risks. How do you help them or what is your advice to them to enable them to own an experiment so that they can fail forward. I think the first part is having the bonus structure alignment off with not just with risk investment, but to sticking. Have you added, have you created something new and have you experimented lastly and have it produced some results, right? So rewarding people for risk taking, a prudent risk taking and getting things done is more important than just sounding smart. So I, I think that what I've seen is that in, in banks, the culture is that I, the people get rewarded for it's ticking. Obviously, in these kind of areas, people can run behind and see that calculator doesn't want it and there are these objections and, and these are very valid reasons or sometimes excuses. But in banks, there is some bit of rewarding. Development to this kind of mentality, ownership mentality, and experimentation works. And on the other hand, I've also seen if the bank, those who are experimenting with digital technologies on a regular basis, they have a sound processes, how to do it in, in, in systematic way. They also, the journey becomes much more easier. I see. Okay. That's a very good one. So let me go to the next interesting question, Shira. So. Let's say a bank in recent compliance decided to do digital transformation. And then they, like, there are two groups of people, as we all know. Let's put these two groups together. One was that they care about the stuff, look good, and they have to answer the board, right? And the other group is, I care and I'm passionate about it. And so they want to execute or implement AI in the process of digital transformation. What is your advice to them? To who? Like, to Bling guys or uh, to both parties, like what is the advice on where and when should AI be implemented? Uh, is it too early or is it too late? Like at what stage that they should start introducing AI or they should just introduce AI from the get-go or they should first digitize some of their processes, then look at building use cases and then introducing them later on and then doing production. Let me try rejoin. Hello? I think there's a... Hi, Shara, can you hear me? Oh, sorry, some problem. 
Yes, yeah, I'm thankful that uh, we we had a good time. So let me let me recollect just on that question about yeah, for any executive, whether they are the guys or whether they are the passionate guy, and they want to introduce artificial intelligence in the process of digital transformation. What is your advice that you'll give to them? Chad? Yeah, I think advice is very clear. Is more your problem well. First of all, start you build from the mindset. From solving mindset, you are a business owner and you are very clear on what is the problem you're hungry. And then you may take help call in, in having a roadmap, but just don't go big by hypothetical problems, solve a real problem, and use a good mix of consulting advice and the product company. There are many startups which you can POCs. And so you have, we should have a real mix of real data-driven experimentation along with a, a long-term vision and a roadmap how to get there. And then chances of success are much, much higher. Don't work on hypotheses. Work on with a real, let me prove those hypotheses and not be sweet then. And then scale up. She starts from experiment with a good mix of consulting advice because consulting sometimes bring structure to the problem solving. And then work with startups, DWs, and if those are successful, then whatever those initiatives are successful, steal it up and make that as a strategy crack. I see. That's a very good one. And okay, now the interesting question I want to ask you is that in the new world, because of this pandemic, like everybody is now choosing between to work on-site and work from home, depending on the nature of work. But for most knowledge workers, Things have changed. What do you think is the impact of AI development on the future of work? Yeah, I think the future of work, in any sense, don't work on low value add because those work are given are going to be done by machines. We have seen it fit in the area like compliance where the jobs are considered to be very secure and you are supposedly doing highly specialized job. Yes. And even in those areas, Unless you are creative, you are not thinking and thinking with data, how to use data and the tools properly. Your jobs will be eliminated. We provide as a technology company, we provide 50 to 70% of cost benefit. Those cost benefits come from the people whose job AI yeah, is taking. But it is the donkey job they were doing. They cause not the human like creativity they are using. Being job which or even in, in normal job you can be your creative best. Choose things which can add higher value to the organization and create something. Don't do repetitive stuff because repetitive stuff is not going to be for long. I, I really like the idea that you mentioned about thinking advising people who are working and business leaders or middle managers, even juniors, about looking at high value at the work or high value at the task and things that is repetitive will be automated by artificial intelligence. And do you think that it will automate to the point where people becomes more creative or it will automate to the point that people are so worried about losing that a job they will actually don't want to cooperate with AI startups or AI vendors? You know? No, I think they, by my experience it is fine CEOs light years of the creative part is just in understanding what technology is trying to do. Because there's a lot of mystique around 
what AI can do, but what AI is doing is simply things which you do on routine basis and machine can learn those things. So if you are doing your 80% job is repetitive, then you should be worried or not even 80%, I would say like 90, 95%. But if you, your job has a, or you are treating a your job when you are taking initiative, you are treating something, you have good mix of, naturally every job will have some part of repetitive task, but it is not only repetitive tasks which you are doing. Right. Then I don't think so that human ingenuity and creativity has any replacement AI has found it. No. Even in Tesla, which considered the benchmark in self-driving car, yes. they, are, they are at AI level 2. I, I don't know what's the level they call it, but to be fully sufficient, fully self-driven, they need to be at level 4 or 5. Right. And and that is Tesla. It is not a normal bank or a normal manufacturing company. Today's workers should never be concerned about, yeah, they should be concerned about, are they working like mods? <laughs> I think that is a piece they should be worried about. I really like the way that you say is that they should be thinking about, am I working like a bot? Am I doing the same things again every day, 35 days, maybe 200 days because they got holidays and leaves, right? Now, Companies are also saying that, okay, yes, we're going to introduce AI to free up uh, a lot of repetitive work so that human beings can be creative, innovative, but to tackle more difficult stuff, difficult problems, we need a lot of need different skill set, right? We need computational thinking, or we need statistical thinking, we need problem-solving skills, communication skills, even creative design skills. So the question I want to ask is that to for a person to move or to upskill and reskill himself to tackle very hard problem takes time. This is the thing that we have been seeing around the whole world and all companies want to invest uh, in training, but they are very reluctant to invest in training because they are uncertain about when would this training give output. What is your view on that? Wonderful question. And I've seen people who have been like 30 years experience and no clue about data science, no clue about AI. And because they are so used to working in the same way with repetitive tasks, and they migrating, they moving on in the AI journey. And the single reason, in single way, they could do it that they knew what problem they want to solve. They know their job much better than anybody else, and they need AI for that purpose. And for that purpose, whatever needed, they learn those. So what I'm saying is, even in training, it should not never be, and, and that's my bias. It should never be a classroom training, 10 days training in a beautiful resort and people spend time and learn and then people and have good lunch and then maybe some drinks and forget about it. Probably the right approach is that why don't you live with this problem, solve this problem and here are some people who are working, going to work with you and you challenge them and you take ownership and learn through that, right? And you be a teenager and then teach to other 5-10 people and involved in problem solving. So isolated approach that, hey, I'm a data scientist or I'm a technologist. I'm not the business guy doesn't have any clue about technology or yeah, machine learning. We have no use. Is a wrong approach. So I'm a firm believer the per- person who's driving the car teach AI that how the AI should be. The AI specification should come from a driver, not from a technology suite learning the time behind the scene in the lab. So you're a firm believer of the on-the-job training on learn-as-you-go, right? 
solve the problem and learn. At the same time, we have to figure out this information, figure out how it's being used. Great. And then organization need to add certain incentives. Others to give a lot of time. You do these things and people, those things are not even counted on your because a lot of time it may be fake initiatives because to friend, a lot of these initiatives do fail. But I think rewarding people for ability to learn new stuff and experiment and create is something which is required and should be incentive. You're absolutely right on that because the thing that we're seeing right now, whether it's in Singapore around the whole world, is that people are afraid to learn on the job because typically the classical old school is Let's say I learn, I say, a mathematics or deep process. And this job is specifically boxed into this skill set. And I apply and then check, check. But the new world is so complex. Everything is moving. Every learning, every problem is moving dynamically with new information, new technology. But human beings are like, they'll be worrying, like, oh, I go and take this job and then learn on the go. And I feel I will look super incompetent. And I don't learn to be super incompetent. So i rather not do that project i go to the easy bling bling again go to school or go to some box learning workshop get some certificate show to the hr show to the business union look i have this bling certificate these skills and therefore if a problem that is just nice a square with a square fits i'm going to do the problem what is your view on that well jamie that doesn't work till the point it works is that it shows that person is interested in learning this but intention and action sometimes could be different. We want people for intention. Yes, we have a certificate. We have done a few things. We have shown the intention. But where are the actions? In the old time, there used to be a Greenwell certificate. Why there cannot be a Greenwell certificate for machine learning or even digital transformation? Because those used to be more action-oriented, outcome-oriented. What is the ROI? What is the impact you have given to the bottom line on your process, right? How you solve a particular problem. And that, I believe, is a more productive way rather than the, the way you say approach and rewarding people for the, for the shine. Cool. And thank you for joining us on this transformative journey with Sharad Gupta. In part three, we explored the importance of passion, purpose, and clarity in driving successful digital transformation. We learned about embracing risk-taking, avoiding theoretical pitfalls, and navigating the ever-evolving landscape of AI in the future of work. If you missed it, be sure to catch up on those actionable insights. Now, as we transition into part four, get ready to unlock innovation and success in the digital age like never before. Sharad Gupta will take us on a thought-provoking exploration of driving change and staying ahead in today's fast-paced world. We'll delve into the keys to unlocking innovation, including embracing failure and fostering a culture of learning. Sharad will share insights on the transformative power of decentralized decision-making and why being the best in your field trumps chasing new careers. But that's near ill. We'll also dive into the fascinating possibilities of Web 3.0 and cryptocurrencies, exploring their impact on traditional businesses and the future of technology. From reimagining performance management to the essential software applications that can enhance your digital journey, this conversation is packed with valuable insights. So don't miss out on this thought-provoking episode. Tune in now to discover the keys to unlocking innovation and success in the digital age. Get ready to think differently about your career and the future of technology as we embark on this enlightening conversation with Sharad Gupta. Hi guys, thanks for listening to this podcast. If this is the first time you are tuning in, Remember to subscribe to this show. If you have subscribed to this show and love this episode, please share it with your friends, family, and acquaintances. 
See you later and see you soon.